Ladies and gentlemen of Jets Nation from around the world, you're listening to The Good, The Bad, and The Jets Podcast. The Jets hired Robert Sala, the very energetic, uh, bald, intense, good-looking guy. Don't name it to me is the GOAT. And Lawson, like, has had a little bit of an injury history, but man, he's a rocket. He's a ball of muscle off the edge. Denzel Mims is there, and he's got it. Denzel's going to be another big, fast, athletic target for us on the outside. We're a good football team. And now, let's kick it over to your hosts, Brandon Ferris and Spencer Klein. Welcome, everyone, to the Good, the Bad, and the Jets podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ferris, and as always, alongside me is Spencer Klein. And Spence, we are here for another special edition We'll call it the Thanksgiving Podpalooza 2, where we're doing a, a jumbo episode. We're doing our pod review and pod preview for everyone to listen to. It is not subscriber only. And if you do want to subscribe, we will still be doing our weekly reviews for subscribers. And of course, when we get to 20 spents, we will be doing a Jets Apparel giveaway, I've decided to one of those 20 subscribers so that's some exciting news and i guess we can just go right into the game review against miami spence i stayed for almost the whole game i, lo- I left at the two minute warning in the fourth quarter i know you went to the game did you stay for i the- did end up in the building yes i i, I stayed till the onside kick i wanted to see that i just just wanted to see if there was some small chance that they shocked the world and recovered that for Hail Mary, but yes, they got me to stay the whole game, though, is, is, the, is the good the good thing, <laughs> I guess, which is a low bar, again, to clear, but they were able to clear that this past Sunday. Yeah, they were, they were competitive enough, I guess. I mean, the game kind of sucked, and the, the under did hit, I'm pretty sure, as well. It was just like a gross game, and it was freezing out, too. I mean, the offense, well, yeah, we'll, we'll start talking about both sides. But overall, like, at least they were in the ball game. It's, yeah. It's a, again, a very low bar to clear, but they were, which is a positive. But, again, just you know, lack of talent just is, does not allow them to get it done. Simply that that is really my, the thing I can continue to cite and will continue to cite the rest of the year. They just don't have enough. But at least at least for the young guys, that was that but, was the highlight of Sunday, the ones that we wanted to see make plays and perform. Certainly did. You're kind of like contradicting yourself, though. That you're saying lack of fun, right? That's why the defense. Mm-hmm. But you're blaming Yulbrick as well. Like I don't think both can be true there. I think it's more of the lack of talent, and I think the scheme can improve, but I think it's more of the lack of talent because the linebackers are just gross, and you know the safeties are depleted. Mm-hmm. Well, Ashton Davis had a nice game. I'll give him that. But, well, actually, no, he didn't. He he had that one interception, but he also got beat by Matt Collins. I'm pretty sure the safe, that was the safety's fault when Matt Collins had that nice nice play. Yeah. But besides Mosley, and, and the defensive line did show up as well, I think it's more a lack of talents. And like, it's and- a lack of talent, certainly, I, I for, for sure. But I think they're not making the most out of the limited talent that they have. Like, just change some things up. Like, here's my one example for you. They, they just continually run man-to-man coverage. 
you, you don't have the talent to do that with your your group right now. Like switch it up, do some zone. Like you you have that's just something you could do to mask the lesser talent that you have. That would be a request of mine. I think as, as Salah did say in his press conference, like they it's the scheme. When they, I know when they asked him last week, the prior game about Gidry coming right in to handle Diggs, it's the scheme kind of thing. Like yeah, adjust. That's what that's where my uh, my crit- criticism is. I'll, I'll agree. Definitely a little bit of a contradiction, no doubt. But if they adjusted and still didn't work, and then I got no answer, then fair enough. You literally have no talent, and you can't do anything around that to to change it up. So, yes, like, I think I agree with you. And also, there's they, they, again, it's a low bar for me. You, you can't just change some things up to see if you get a different result because the current results. A little bit better Sunday, but overall had been horrific the past month. So, I think I might get some flack for this, but you know how Sal is saying they don't do like shadow coverage for for the corners, and they they stick to man to man or whatever. It, he's being kind of like gay stubborn about it. Like it's not working, obviously. So why not just try something different? You have the yeah, it's a wash anyway. So just try and change some things up. That's what good coaches do. They adjust. And he seemed... he, he, he got some criticism for that line last week. It, yeah. as, as it was warranted to. Like, yes, it's great that it's a scheme and you're trying to build something out for next year. I understand like when you have better talent that should should be better. But again, adjust. You, you don't have that right now. Like you might have to just mix things up for this this current season. And yeah, it's just it's they were better on I guess we're just we're focused on the defense right now. It was a better performance on Sunday, but but still just not enough. Um, I mean, Isaiah Dunn just thrown right into the fire and just, just got beat on a lot of big plays. Which, I mean, look, an undrafted guy, I, I'm not expecting him to just be shut down out there, but glaring lack of talent, there was a huge, huge, huge difference, certainly. And, like, maybe the schemes worked fine in San Francisco with their backups, but... I, I just want to see some adjustments and some changes. Yeah. You can't just keep doing the same thing all year if it's not working. And that's what... So he, here's... Sorry. That, then I think it'll piggyback off your point. That's what Gase did a lot, too. He never changed anything, and he got a lot of criticism for it. So I'm glad Sal is yeah. going for it because he's supposed to be yeah. the defensive genius, like Rex Ryan said. And I kind of side with Rex Ryan a little bit as well. Like, change some things up. Like, you are very good with defense. I agree with you. Get involved in the defense. Don't take over play calling, but like help run some schemes or coach guys differently. I don't know, but they got to do something because whatever was working in the beginning of the season is not anymore. They've went from Ben don't break to just they're broken from the start <laughs> the last like five <laughs> games or so. What one play I wanted to highlight is I don't know if you recall. I think it was like third and four. Dolphins were in the red zone. It might have been the first possession, if I'm thinking correctly. Remember, they had that little. It was it was a pass to the side to Patrick Laird on Miami, and then three Jets whiffed, and he got that first down. Do you recall that play? That yep. that to me is one of the worst play of the game. You had a chance to get a stop. On it. I'm pretty sure it was the first possession that I'm recalling. Get a stop. Let just let them kick a field, or at least attempt a field goal. You three missed tackles. Mosley the first one. Uh, I think Gerard Davis even came around just just whiff after whiff, and that just that was a drive killer on the first possession of the game. And obviously Miami punched in after that. That to me was the most disappointing one of the game, and it was so early. But 
Well, I, you got you got to make that. That's where, like, yes, I'm not going to rip over. Like, the players got to execute there. Like Mosley, a stud. Like I, I only played a couple of years of football and did not play the defensive side. But like, the fundamentals there: break down, get the tackle. You have four yards with to play with behind you. <laughs> you don't need to go for the big pop hit like Quincy Williams does. You're not Quincy. You're CJ. So I think that, that that was just one play I had to hire because it was it was awful. That was just a killer at the beginning of the game. Yeah, it was definitely uncharacteristic for Mosley to do that. But I mean, Gerard Davis is trash, and whoever else <laughs> is probably trash. I think, but that also goes back to coaching. Like Quincy Williams, I think he has the talent to be good. They need to coach him up into a better tackler. Like whoever the linebackers coach is, tell them to stop what like going for the big hit, like you said, because that. That's the problem because it's just there's no yeah, it's going for the home run every time. <laughs> it's either home run or strikeout. The safeties are horrible, so you can't even like bank on them. Like if yeah. if I make a, a soccer reference for anyone who watches soccer, there's you, you have usually four defenders, three or four defenders, and you have the sweeper in the back who's like the safety of, of football who will be the last man of defense and. The Jets don't have a good enough person back there mm-hmm. to rely on. May was that person, but I like if they get past the linebackers, I have no trust in Neesman, Wilson, or Davis, or whoever else is back there. <laughs> it was Elijah Riley was getting some stuff. Oh, right. I was about to say, they went from week <laughs> one with a penciled-in lineup of Marcus May and Joyner. I'm a stud group, but like, you know, comp- two solid players, let's say it that way. Players that, you could, that could hold the fort for the season. To now, Ashton Davis... Eh, more more lower than eh, kind of bad. So, yeah, Elijah Riley, Neesman, et cetera, just right. getting snaps. That's 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 not something I expect them to easily overcome, and it's clearly had an impact. <laughs> They've had a, a lot of big – that's the only thing – I know I'm, I'm bouncing around, but it, it kind of cracks me up in a bad way. As I, I remember reading an article from one of the Jet Beat reporters that Salah has a sign in his office that says, like, no big plays allowed. Like, you got to take yeah. that down this year because <laughs> <laughs> you're letting big plays out week after week right now. The, the worst. Again, yeah, go the ahead. Sorry. Big runs. Like, we said, we said it on the preview pod that Gaskin and the pass catchers did not make us nervous at all. But when they can't tackle a running back, then anyone's going to look good. Like, I really don't think mm-hmm. Matt Gaskin's that good. And we also knew Gusecki would have a good game. But whoever was on Matt Collins, like, I don't know what they were doing. It's just like, I don't know what the issue was. They just can't tackle or cover or, or anything right now. I think the run That's... game weakness, though, for some See, reason. that goes back to my thought from, from earlier. Like, that's like when you, like, clearly you have the side opposite hall is just going to get attacked. Every week, right now, yeah, you just don't have good enough talent here. Like, you got to change something up. Then that, that—that's my request. I don't care what the the scheme is. You got to just play to your talent. Stop playing to your scheme. Simply so. It's a mix, though. Certainly, the talent is weak on the defense. Certainly, the, I think the coaching can be a little bit better there. Just, just to be a little more creative for, for the masking a weaknesses piece. But look, I'll say they kept them in the game Sunday against. I mean, a pretty poor offense overall in Miami, but they did keep them in the game and just couldn't get the, the one stop they needed at the end of the ball game. One, I guess we could talk about the D-line since we haven't really mentioned them yet, was I think it was JFN about to have, have that – he did sack to a – and then Pinnock has a defensive holding. <laughs> to like, yep. just 
just a, a, a disaster. They would have had a shot at least to, to um, I believe, tie the game at that point. That was Miami went to kick the field goal. Ever. They would have had a chance yeah. at least to, to drive down the field and see what happens. But that was just a killer. They're simply, again, just not, not good. But look, this is, again, the big picture, but it's a learning year for a lot of these young guys. Especially a guy like Pinnock, Isaiah Dunn, et cetera. Like, they're probably not, like, realistically, assuming they can add uh, much more talent next this upcoming offseason. Like, they're probably not going to be seeing the field much, if at all, next year, <laughs> realistically. So, it's a learning experience. That's that's the big picture you still got to keep. Because, as we said, go back to week one and don't want to contradict ourselves. Like, forget the wins and losses. Just about, like, putting a... a, a an enjoyable and competitive product out there, and we haven't haven't seen that from the side of the ball. So, at least the D line was pretty good. This game. They, yeah, I would love to see them finish more of those pressures into sacks, but they certainly had an impact. Like, I mean, that, that first pick from Tua to Ashton Davis, they didn't finish it with a sack, but that pressure got them through at least a bad ball, and there you go, yep. we created a turnover finally. Like. That's I, I'm still I'm upbeat in that group. Like I would love to see them do more. I know that just hasn't this, the sack category simply. That's where they just haven't really been strong recently. The pressures are getting there, but look, we don't want a lot of Leonard Williams again. We we we've talked about pressures before we did the podcast for years around that player. Let's turn those in. And look, I, I don't know, that group. I'm just I'm not down. I know I feel like some of Jets Twitter and Jets fans are down a bit on just because you haven't seen the big sack production, but. It's going to be a much better group next year. There's, there's just no doubt about that. So lost, I, I'm still happy about them. Lost I'll say one thing: the run, the, the the run defense from that group that has been poor. So let, let me tweak my statement there. In the pass rush category, been okay. The run defense has been poor. That that's no doubt, and was so so again on Sunday. And Fo- and Foley is supposed to be the best run stopper in the league, really. Well, not best but you know what i mean and yeah I, I, like sheldon Rankins is also supposed to be a good run stopper too so i don't know what the issue is there hopefully when lawson gets back and maybe they add someone in the draft i would hope they don't draft thibodeau i don't think they need an edge rusher that high but maybe they maybe they add someone in the second or third round or, or sign someone but i'm also not that worried about them i just want to see some more production from jfm after that big contract though yeah, I'm keep saying that. Yeah, he's he's definitely been a little bit quiet. Showed up definitely more on on this past Sunday, but yep. prior to that had just been a had been a quiet period for him. Simply, but yeah, I mean overall on the defense, Sunday just you know, not enough talent. Coaching, in my opinion, needs to adjust more. And if not, they're going to continue to have these weeks where they they let up points. <laughs> it just takes them out of the game, although. I don't know. I think that's all I could say about that group. It's just a wishy-washy group until until talent is added. Yeah, I I guess that's like the most we can say about the defense. I think we can also hammer it home one more time that Gerard Davis is an F signing. He's yes, but let's yeah, actually that's when we didn't highlight them. Yeah, if, if we if you want, we can transition to offense. Quincy had like fifteen plus tackles. I don't know if you saw his totals on the day. He like he was one of the leaders in the league on on. Tackles on Sunday. Simply, he 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 showed up in that category, which not always doesn't always mean everything, but he's he always finds his way to the ball. That that's one thing I have to highlight at him. So yeah, he started uh, over. Yeah, 
I, I'm look. I just I want him to be a death piece next year. He certainly has earned an opportunity to stay around this year by being thrusted right into the the starting lineup, basically. So I got you. Got to give him. I, I even with his home run or strikeout <laughs> attempts at tackles, like I got to give him credit. He he really has. He's earned an opportunity here and earned the role. So I, I would do want to see him stick around next year. I agree. Yeah, let's let's go over to the offense, which the offense was like kind of good, but they also were not great. The run game besides Carter was very good. I mean, no, the the run game was <laughs> farther. I knew what you meant, but yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, so, he also got hurt, but Carter. One is, note. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Carter's just amazing. That's all I have to say. Yeah, it looked like he, he was ready to just – it could have been a 100-yard day for him if, if he made it to the end of the ballgame. So that, that definitely hurt. And, yeah, that's a notable one. He's going to be out two to three weeks, Sala mentioned. So yep. hopefully just, again, take your time. They don't rush it. There's literally zero reason to rush it where this season is at, of course. But, yeah, he, he looks like just continues to get better and better week after week. As we keep saying, the guy just does not go down. He just slides off. Does he have like something on his jersey that he just doesn't go down? Like I know it sounds so corny, but like <laughs> yeah. no joke, the guy just is never ever goes down on his first on, on the first attempt at a tackle. And it's great stuff. Certainly certainly very excited for him to continue sorry, to continue going forward. One note on the back which I thought was interesting, it kind of seemed like Tevin Coleman was RB two on Sunday. He got a even prior to Carr leaving the game. He's getting a lot more touches than oh, a lot's maybe an exaggeration. Getting a decent amount of more touches than Ty Johnson, and based on the rotation, he's going in a lot more. Something that that I definitely noticed. I was keeping my eyes on. So curious to see. I know we're going to talk about the preview after for the upcoming game. Now with Carter out, what are they going to do there? Like I think everyone kind of assumes it's going to be Ty Johnson. I don't know. It might be a Tevin Coleman show on Sunday. <laughs> well, show is the wrong word. It might be the stars. He's not going to probably not going to show us much. But that was an interesting note to me that just kind of all of a sudden Coleman kind of became RB2. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Coleman. I think Johnson will do the passing downs. And yep. maybe we'll see P. Ryan back from the dead as, our, as RB3. I mean, this is his opportunity. My bold statement, honestly. Like, I would put him right into the, into the starting group, honestly. You, you, you got to experiment and see what you got now. Because, look. After this season, what what is LeMichael Lemi- P. Ryan going to be? Is he really going to be a piece here? There's no certainty. He could totally could be gone after you know after cuts next off season. So I, I would give him that chance right away and just see what he can do because you don't need to see what you have in Tubman Coleman. You kind of know what you have in Ty Johnson. He's just he's he's a, he's a jag. But in P. Ryan, right now it seems like you don't have anything. You might as well see if you have anything more. In a couple of game stretch, but that would be my bold call by them to just get him right on the field and give him a chance. Yeah, and I, 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 we can and I don't expect them the, to do that at the same time. That's what I would do if I were them. We can talk more about uh, in our in our previous section, but yeah, yeah I, I'll hold off on that. <laughs> and I'm I'm, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> I I really don't know what they'll do. I think they'll ride Coleman, but I guess we'll see. But yeah, yeah. It, it's a bummer that Carter's out, and we finally got a big run from the Jets that almost was a touchdown. I think he got, got down inside the three. And we can also talk about the O-line because ABT created, created a huge hole for him. And he's just been 
outstanding. That's a, a home run pick right there. He should yeah. be like the next Quentin Nelson at, at this rate. And LDT played at right at right guard, your boy, the doctor. I really didn't notice him much, which is That's good. exactly what I was going to say. He was unnoticeable, which is all we're asking for for a midseason swap <laughs> at that position. Yeah, so Eolime, again, wasn't horrible. I really don't think Mc, McGovern is a problem anymore as much as he was in the beginning of the season. I think once they upgrade right guard, I think he'll be fine. Or they just get a center and move him to right guard. Moses and fans are are fine and again ABT is fantastic so the offensive line I guess is coming together it seems for the most part yep completely agree it's just it has been a much better group and, and one guy I want to highlight though in the group is, is Fant he, he's really held his own at left tackle like definitely excited to have Beckton back hopefully soon but he just really has done a good job there I know I keep repeating it but the transition from right tackle to left tackle should not be the easy move and kind of been like a, a seamless transition to that side and just really done a good job so I just want to keep keep giving him the credit until that potentially changes and I won't give him the credit but <laughs> yeah. right now yeah the left side is just overall been great I would say great they have not been the problem really any weeks yep I agree yeah I guess we can also talk about the the passing game and what Flacco did, he kind of held his own. I mean, he did what you kind of expected him to do. Yeah. And again, like we said, Elijah Moore season is upon us after the bye. We said that on the pod, he would break out. And he's looking like a wide receiver one. And even Corey Davis was like, okay, as well. Like the, the pass catchers are coming together now, too. They're They're looking good. They have talent on the offensive end. That that is that's clear. The, the passing offense right now, I believe, is. Oh, I have to double check. I don't want to give the run. They're they're a top fifteen passing offense. Let's say it that way. Yeah. I know they're inside that ballpark right now. But what we've seen, like like literally, like, I'm honestly literally since Mark Sanchez, like have we seen a passing offense like that in our time watching this team? Yes. No joke. We have. Which one am I missing? The, one? Oh, all right. It's the you. fifth Decker Marshall year. Fair enough. I'll rephrase that. Outside of 20, I think that was 2015, if I have the right year. Yep. Outside of that season, we've seen nothing like this. And this is in, the, in a year where it's not about the wins and the losses. This is exactly what you want. Even with four different quarterbacks doing it, interesting thing. They all have been able to produce at times obviously there's one that we really want to produce that's clear and it's josh johnson <laughs> no, zach wilson <laughs> yeah I, I knew i knew you liked that one but yes obviously we, we want zach to be the one doing it every week but like right now it's growing a new guy out there just based on the circumstances they've dealt with like they've been a competent group in the passing game which is a a very good positive yeah the wideouts look good and more is a home run pick. I really don't see how that will not turn out that way. He's going to get even better. And yeah, I mean, the other guy, the, the, I feel like Corey Davis and Crowder are the complementary pieces right now. They're not really the, 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 the start piece. It's Elijah Moore and it's Michael Carter in, the, in the, the backfield. Like, just, I'm feeling good about this group, which is a, a crazy thing to say in a year that has just been all over the place so far. That's one that you got to be 
got to be happy about, and that's going to be a good good thing for going forwards and on that part of the roster. Simply, and you got to give credit to Booth Lafleur as well. He's been doing. He's magical up there. Never come back <laughs> down. <laughs> Just have him live up there. <laughs> yeah, like it. It's crazy how big of a change it's been since he's been up there. Like, I obviously we don't know how big of a difference it really is since we don't do that, but. Going from the field to the booth has been a huge 180 for him, and it's been great. It's been great for the team, the players, the offense. He never will come down again. I really go back to the Titans game when I sat with you and, and we saw the way he was standing on the sideline. He's just trying to get that vision of the field, like by standing on the opposite end of where the team was at. Like I think that really was – I mean, it's, it's an assumption, certainly, but like my assumption is – he really just couldn't see it as well. Clearly, he wasn't able to call the same games. Like, something just changed once you got up top. <laughs> He's able to just clearly see the field in a different way. So, interesting. It's good, obviously, and let's let's keep that going. Because he's, he's coming to his own, though, after everyone flipping out the first portion of the games. He is uh, just getting praise across the board. So, everyone wanted him keep, fired. Keep it rocking there. Everyone wanted him fired in the first four weeks. And now he's coach of the year. <laughs> exactly. No, now he's back into the head coaching conversations in the future that everyone that we, we yeah. joked about. Yeah. <laughs> no. But overall, real soon he is doing a good job and, and that's 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 a great positive because as more talent comes, hopefully uh do even better. <laughs> Simply. Yeah, and, and like like I said before, he better keep calling the same plays when Zach's back. Don't go back to what he was doing before because these plays do I think help Zach a lot and kind of play to his strengths. I'd love to see some rollouts for Zach and get him getting moving on the feet more because I think that's where he excels. One one play I want to highlight from some you know what I talked to you about on the side was it was the fake bubble screen to Elijah Moore that turned into like a 20 yard gain for the the fullback Nick Bauden like that, that, to me, might have been the floor's best play of the game. Like, Elijah Moore has not really produced much yet in the bubble screen area, or in the, sorry, in the screen category, simply. But you, you, he's still a threat there. So you had the whole secondary, well, the whole, that whole side of the, the Dolphins defense focused on that little pass to him on the side. Pump, Flacco, pump fake, and Baldwin was just wide open down the middle. That's, that's just a good, honestly, that is a great play call. That's better than good, that one. Like, Honestly, who's expecting it? I mean, I think everyone in, in the stadium on Sunday was like, who the hell was that that just made that catch? <laughs> that's that's just good play call. I, I had to give the floor credit for that one. I was like, whoa, that was, uh, that was good work, <laughs> simply. So. This is what happens when you have multiple threats on the offense, too. Yeah, and that, exactly. That's, the thing. Like, that's why we always say, add as much talent as you can. And Elijah Moore just completely burned Byron Jones this weekend, too. They're big and all pro cornerback. Like this is this is really good stuff that we're seeing for him in the in the recent games. Everyone, the sky is the limit right now on him. Everyone, yes, that I don't care if that's an exaggeration. It is. The everyone sky is the limit. Everyone wanted that Justin Jefferson breakout. Here you go. Yeah, looking the part. I would say he's. Would Would you say he's the best rookie receiver besides Jamar Chase right now? I would. You can certainly make that case. I think you'll get some battles from some Eagles fans about Devonta Smith, but yeah. it's certainly 
one of the one of those two right behind Jamar Chase. Everyone else is kind of uh, either been quiet or falling back a bit. So, yeah, which is <laughs> to get that guy in the second round that really none of us. That's oh, I think we got to just talk about that briefly. Like, did any of us expect them to actually address that pick in round two of this past draft of actually taking more? I, I don't think so. No, no one really. We we kept saying Tevin Jenkins, O line, uh, everything. We thought maybe wide up, but like doubtful. We just didn't think they would actually do it. Like they they get credit for that one. <laughs> the, the, the front office they really did a a great job there. And we didn't we didn't even have more on our radar, even if we were thinking wide out. I forgot who Correct. thought they they were gonna get, but. I mean, to be honest, I like Tony. I did like Tony in that try. I kept saying if he were to fall or be available, I was like, make that move. More? Yeah, we just didn't think it was going to happen. I, I know I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, and I I think this draft class might save Joe Douglas a year or two on his job. Yeah, yeah. And it's, look, this upcoming one is, of course, and we'll, we'll, we'll save all those discussions for 2022, but going to be a massive offseason to really really push this team in, in hopefully the correct direction. If not, I'll save my comments for when we talk in 2022. <laughs> yeah, so so like I said, Flacco did his job and this is the last we'll see of Flacco potentially for the, the rest of the season. So let's go into the preview for this week against <laughs> the Houston Texans. First off, Joe Flacco the unvaccinated quarterback of the Jets is in pro. Is he in protocol because of close contact? I believe, yeah, he was a close contact. I believe. Well, according to Connor Hughes, he's out someday. That's what he had already reported. So hit him and Mike White both out because of that. So uh, the Mike White one's a little unclear. I don't know if they if it's actually been reported the correct way. Just because he well. I just don't think they really know what's going on there with that one. Like, he also, I think, was deemed the close contact. But, and he kind of did say he was out, but it's just not totally. I mean, they just, they, they, some, they don't know his vaccination status. Like, that's how you can know Blacko's out right away. Yeah. This week. So, it's just but, a mess in the quarterback room. But it doesn't matter because the top two quarterbacks are active this week. Zach Wilson's back against the Texans. The backup is our guy. QB1, Josh Johnson. And everyone's saying, oh, like this is typical Jets or LOL Jets, but I don't see anything funny about this because this is what they should have been doing all season <laughs> with having Josh Johnson as the backup. And, and let's clear up one cliche thing that you know is it has already been said on Jets Twitter and in probably on the radio shows, anywhere where fans are talking. No, Zach is not just starting because White and Flacco are going to be unavailable. Like Rich Cimini from ESPN literally already reported this. That had no bearing on them to say Zach is starting on Sunday. Like once he was healthy, that was always the plan. That just needs to be made clear. Made clear. No cliche comments, no cliche reactions. Like just need to put that clearly out there. That is not what they were doing. And if you think they're just saying that to say that, sometimes they do things like that. That one is not the case. He was always going to start once he was 100% healthy. Come on. Well, I saw a headline. I think it was on Roto World or Roto Wire. Zach Wilson reclaims his starting job this week. <laughs> He's not reclaiming. He's, he was always going to be the starter. 
Like it's it's stupid the the whole narrative. But Wilson's back. Johnson is the backup, and we can hope that the offense remains the same or even better. With I mean, you would hope it's better with Wilson this week against a depleted Texans team as well. I think Wilson and the floor of the offense should really have a, a good game. Not sure of my prediction yet. I'll make it on the fly as I always do, but the offense should have a, a pretty easy day. I mean, the Dolphins defense is definitely better than the Texans. Uh, the Texans defense is probably the worst or the second worst defense that they're going to see all year. So it, it should be a, a good high scoring game. They should get 25 plus points here. There's zero reason they shouldn't be producing. <laughs> Simply, like, they have the talent. I mean, yeah, it really it comes down to Zach this Sunday, I would say. I, I don't imagine the O-line going to have any struggles. They At least they shouldn't. I wouldn't say don't imagine they should not have any struggles. Can you even name this, one defensive player on the Texans? I, I really don't know. I th- <laughs> isn't, um, don't they have that safety Justin Reed, I think? It's, like, the only player that I could think of. I may be making up names. i got to look them up really quick. Hold on, as we're chatting. Because I'm I'm not really scared of the Texans at all. Their offense or their defense. And yes, they did beat Tennessee last week. Yeah, Justin Reed was the one player that I I, I was correct. The only one that I know of. <laughs> it's like a, a notable player there. And like they beat Tennessee last week, but like you said, it's a week to week league, so I don't really take much stock into it. And plus Tyrod was back, so they probably weren't preparing for Tyrod. So I mean the offense should hold their own. The, the offensive line shouldn't really have a problem. And even with Carter being out, I think Coleman and Johnson can be serviceable, but I would love to see Wilson just go off for 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Like, I'm not saying that's the bar that I'm expecting, something, but like the, the situation is set up for a productive game. I'm going to word it that way. <laughs> I, I don't know what my bar really is for him on Sunday. Uh, just, just coming off of not playing, simply not being on the field is hopefully not going to be major adjustments. Yeah, I guess adjustments is my word I'm going to use there. But yeah, I just I, I do have expectations for the offense on Sunday. I guess <laughs> I'm going to change everything I'm just saying. So like, you got to produce the whole group, no doubt about that. If not, I'm going to be be very disappointed in that group. Yeah, they. You really shouldn't have any trouble at all. I'm expecting another big game for more. And hopefully, I want to see Davis get over 100 yards as well. Yeah. I mean, I, there's, there's just no reason. Same thing with them. Produce. Opportunity's going to be there for them. Get open, make plays, and get in the end zone. <laughs> I, I certainly expect a good day from them. Would love to see, yeah, would love to see Davis have a, a strong day again. He's been kind of quiet the past few weeks. Like, well, let me take it back. I know we had about ninety yards um in the in the Buffalo game at that was garbage. Yeah, exactly. So like, it was kind of a, a a fake ninety yards, but let's see him make some of those big plays like like the Titans game that we saw a while ago. I haven't seen that in a bit, honestly. So. Well that's they didn't they haven't had any quarterbacks who can throw deep. Correct. Balls. Correct. <laughs> that as well. I I think he will perform better with Wilson. He'll perform at his best with Wilson because yeah, Wilson I, I hope so. So I, I think know one player we're gonna miss seeing on Sunday just to note former Jet Jordan Jenkins has been on Houston this year. He is <laughs> gonna be out a couple of weeks. He actually got injured in their game on Sunday. 
So, unfortunately, not going to see a, a rede- what's it called? revenge right. game for him <laughs> against the Jets. I, I don't even have a comment to that. I totally forgot he existed. <laughs> I, but, I was just thinking, like, are there any former Jets in that unit? And I was like, oh, yeah, he left this offseason to go there. <laughs> but I'm guessing you're looking at the defense right now. There's really no one you're scared of on that defense, the, right? Really not. Yeah, not at Who all. Like, like, Justin Reed's a solid ball player, but, like, not someone who's, like, just – Unstoppable. He just he's just a, a solid football player. Who are the pass rushers? I, I honestly don't even. I'm I'm gonna look now. Hold on. Let's see. Titans defense. No, Let me give you some names. Sorry, tech. yeah. I'm. I got the tease on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I I don't even know what any of these guys are. I'm not gonna lie. Jonathan Greener, Malik Collins, Demarcus Walker, Jacob Martin. That's their D line. I've heard. Oh, Malik. another familiar name, actually. T- two familiar names at linebacker. I didn't even realize this. Uh, Zach Cunningham is one of their linebackers. The other two familiar names, Neville Hewitt and Kevin Pierre Lewis, <laughs> former Jet greats, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, your boy, Hewitt. Then, yep. He <laughs> just found his way into the starting line for two years with us. <laughs> then, yeah, like I said, Justin Reed in the secondary at safety, Desmond King, another one of their corners, and Terrence Mitchell, the other corner, and I mean, another former Jet is a backup, though. Terrence Brooks. They have a decent amount of Jets, honestly, in their roster. Former Jets in their roster. But, look, not from the names they said there, is there anyone you're like, oh, my God, you're not going to be able to perform? I don't think so. No, I think Cunningham's a solid linebacker, but other than that. Yeah, he's not bad. No no one really. Like, I think the offense should have an easy day. Like I said, 25-plus points should be the bar. Yep. Anything less might be pointing but it's also Zach's return game so who knows how much they're gonna let him do his thing I although I would be mad if they are conservative with him if he is 100 yep. percent, you're playing him play him like he is 100 percent. don't be don't be conservative with him completely agree simply uh my my sum up statement in the offense is, is I, I know I keep repeating but produce this Sunday no reason you shouldn't be get it done and and really same thing with the defense. There there should be some sacks and some turnovers. I don't think the offensive line on Houston's very good. Their run game, like I'm not scared of the Rex Burkhead at all or David Johnson anymore. They they just gotta contain Tyrod and his running ability. The Titans couldn't, and I'm sure the Jets won't be able to. But they just gotta watch out for that. And Brandon Cooks as well, are one of our favorite guys in the league. But that's really it. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I would note, which has really been a weekly theme again, is contain those running backs. It's not a good group <laughs> at all. But, like, you know, Rex Burkhead has definitely made plays in, in the passing game in the past, and that's clearly been where the Jets keep getting beat. So I, I hope they're prepared for that. And, yeah, I mean, David Johnson's kind of not kind of – he is bad now. Like, don't let him make those plays also in the passing game. Like, I, I, I hate to say – I don't hate to say, but, like, I don't – like, come on, they should not be getting any chunk runs on just regular <laughs> run plays. Like, they're just, they're just not, it's not a talented group at all. Like, they got, they got to come ready in that, that phase of the game as well. I mean, look, overall, this is a game, like, even the Jets' lack of talent, like, they need to take care of business on, on both sides of the ball. You just, you got, you got to win a game like this. You clearly could see where my prediction is trending, but like, you, you got to just get it done. 
Sunday. Hopefully the D line can eat eat on Sunday. <laughs> like, dude, let's I'm not asking for another seven sack Titans performance, but I, I mean, is it crazy to request can we get a four sack game? Like just something with major impacts in the in the back? We haven't seen that in a bit. I would love to see them attack and, and get there this Sunday. Hope like you said, JFM wake finish those pressures. Quinnen, he's showing up recently in the sack category, but continues to do that. And I think Bryce Huff actually is supposed to be back. I believe he's supposed to be back on Sunday. Like, he is. Thrust him right back into that lineup, and, and hopefully he's able to produce again. And Yeah, the defense, I just don't not feel somewhat better than other weeks that they should not be able to. Sorry, I'm not wearing that well. I, I feel better that they should be able to make some more impactful plays than they have had in recent weeks. That that's the way I'll say it. So I agree. Yeah, I think Huff should, Huff should definitely get his starting role back. I mean, I'm sure he'll rotate with Lawson, but it'll be good to have Huff back. And Burkhead and Johnson can catch passes, so I'm a little nervous about that aspect. But besides Brandon Cooks, I'm not scared of anything on the on the tech. You'll left. I'll be very annoyed if I see like Danny Amendola is going like five for fifty with a touchdown, or or, or Chris Conley's also there if he's going for like two for seventy because he had one sixty yard catch when he beat Isaiah Dunn or something like that. Like if that happens, I'm gonna you you could here's my standby now. I will be annoyed in in the, the review <laughs> pod next week. That that is that's just unacceptable if either of those happen. You're always you're always annoyed in, on the review pod. Because they keep just, yeah. There's certain <laughs> things like that are just like I don't care about your lack of talent. Like you're you're a pro. Like that's just they also have a lack of talent. The other player that you're you're covering, like that just can't happen. Simply, if the tight ends make plays, I'm looking at their tight ends depth chart right now. If they make plays, like I'm, t- we gotta just turn the game off on Sunday. <laughs> Farrell Brown is listed right now as the starter <laughs> for them. I'm not gonna lie. Who who is that? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I do like. I'll I'll give them this. I do like Brevin Jordan though, the rookie from Miami. Yes, we we wanted <laughs> yeah. just to grab this. Farrell Brown. Farrell Brown speak. I don't know who that is. No, I'm not kidding. Like who? I'm, I'm looking <laughs> him up right now. He has he had he has 14 for 124 on this season. Last couple of games against Tennessee. Actually, he he played tennis against Tennessee this past Sunday. And hadn't played in a month. Like. He went two for ten on Sunday. Oof. You know that's that's all I will say. If they if they produce if this tight end room for Houston produces Sunday, that's that's a big problem. <laughs> Even with the Jets lack of talent, a huge problem. Farrell Brown will catch a touchdown. I will make that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying yes or no. I, that's all. But like like we said last week against Miami, on paper the Jets should like they. On paper, they seem better. Will they execute? That's the question. Yeah, that, that's simply the, the task for them on Sunday. I know I keep saying simply, but it is simple. <laughs> they, they should, they, this one is simple. You're playing one of the worst teams in the league. There shouldn't, there's like no excuse for them to not at least like cover. I think they're plus three right now. But they definitely should win. Yeah, I expect them to, to, to win. So I guess we'll turn it into predictions <laughs> if, if you're ready. Yep. I expect them to win on Sunday. Um, I am going to predict a win again. This is just one like the, I, I can't see myself not expecting them to win. 
And like I said, we'll, we'll give a score on it. Like you said, I think 30 should be the bar. I'll say 30 on the dot, 30 to 20. Like I do, I'm sure the Titans, sorry, I keep saying the Titans, the Texans will put up points. I'll say 30 to 20 is my prediction for Sunday. I am also going to predict the win reluctantly because I'm not, I'm not feeling good. But I'm going to say 27-21 Jets. And I think Wilson has a very good game. Two touchdowns, 300 yards. I, I, I'm I sure I'll, I'll align with you on the passing stats there. I do expect one pick. I think there will be a turnover. And, yeah, I'll say that's my prediction on him. I'll align with your numbers, but add an interception there. Whether it's a good or bad one, we'll see. <laughs> of course. Do you expect a, a good run game at all? I really don't. I don't. I think they'll do another zero in that category, basically. And then... Is Josh... Could he be active? Say it again. Sorry, I couldn't hear is, that. Is Josh Adams still around? Could they actually... No, he's gone. Oh, it's, okay. it's probably just going to be P. Ryan. I thought it would be just those three. From the looks of it, P. Ryan's just going to be cut next year, it seems. But I... Yeah. Like, I, I would play P. Ryan, see what he's got. Oh, like I said earlier, I'll tie it back. I, I would just give him the opportunity Sunday so you could see what you have I mean, and hopefully see that you, you have something. Nobody loves Michael Pirine more than you, so I'm <laughs> I'm I'm shocked that you're willing to uh, <laughs> go at bat for him. And and yeah, you got because you got to see you need this is your evaluation period. Like evaluate now, <laughs> like that. That's my thought to it. So yeah, so but. should be should be competitive. I guess we'll see what happens. As always, we we hope you enjoyed the pod. We are recording this on Wednesday morning, so we hope you all enjoy a great Thanksgiving and some football and, and get some nice Black Friday deals as well. I know I will be doing some shopping myself. So if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at the Good, the Bad, and the Jets Pod. You can follow us on Twitter at Good Bad Jets Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at BeFairsVerified. And, of course, you can subscribe to the pod, 99 cents a month. You can get that bonus review episode every week. Yep. Thank you, Brandon. As always, you can check me out on Twitter at SKline8241033 and on TikTok at NYJetsSK824. Same option is out there. Win the ball game, we'll get a TikTok post. <laughs> I'll commit to it again. I'm, I'm upbeat this week, as you can tell. I'm not deflated for the, the, the socials. Let's let's see. See a good game on Sunday, hopefully. I know. I was going to say, I'm surprised you gave your socials this time. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to comment <laughs> anymore because I'll, I'll be wrong and we'll have a different discussion next week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, as always, thank you, everyone. for Enjoyed. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your holiday. And enjoy the Jets game. Thanks, everyone.